0: The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is a prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. At the door. Today, part two of our series, Walking of Miracles. Walking of Miracles. And um, we are looking at the way to abundant um, harvest. Now, a harvest is a miracle, regardless of what it is. A harvest of crops is a miracle, it's a miracle that you plant seeds and and it grows, germinates and becomes um, a plant that produces fruit, you know, it's a miracle. A harvest of souls is a miracle. You 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 lift up Jesus, and miraculously it draws men to Himself. It is a miracle. The harvest of birds is a miracle. The first heart beats in the baby—we don't know how, where it comes from, how it comes. We can explain how the sperm meets with the egg, and it forms, you know, and the, and it grows. But that first, we don't know what happens. You know, it's the breath of the Almighty. Praise the name of the Lord. It is a miracle. Spiritual growth is a miracle. People come to Jesus, and as they read their Bibles, their lives actually change. That is a miracle. Financial harvest is a miracle. And since the harvest is a miracle, today we're going to learn the way to abundant harvest. So, in a way, it's a way to abundant harvest. Miracles of harvest. Now, in walking of miracles, there are two parts to walking of miracles. The first part to walking of miracles is the walking. The second part is the what? Miracle, obviously. So, you have the walking, then you have the miracle. The walking is man's part. It's your, your part, my part. The miracle is God's part. So, the the working of miracle is our responsibility we do the work god does the miracle but the challenge with us as human beings is that we 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 flip to different extremes so you have some extreme that feels that they don't need to do anything, God will just rain a miracle from heaven, I don't need to do any work, I just want a miracle, and I mean, it's the challenge of a lot of developing countries, particularly those that are Christians, Nigerian Christians, at that, you know, we want to just, oh, it go better, God go make it happen, go, I mean, so, but how? You can't walk the miracle, so we just think that it's going to fall from heaven, that is not correct. That is not correct. Why? Because we cannot do God's part, but God will not do our part. We have a part to play. While we cannot do God's part, God will not do our, our part. He won't. The other extreme is those that have learned the workings and they've seen miracles. In fact, sometimes they don't acknowledge it as a miracle, but it's actually a miracle. And they know how this Systems work, and they feel that they don't need God. They feel, and that's usually the challenge of the Western world, they feel they don't need God. But let no man deceive himself. No man can by himself perform a miracle. No matter how anointed the man is, by himself, he cannot heal. What's what's the most common ailment? Headache. Even when a common sneeze, you cannot heal. You know, so so we need God. And God doesn't want us to lose sight of the fact that he is God, undeniably, and and that we need him for miracles to happen. And God called Job out in Job 38. And God said to Job in Job 38, God says, Says, said to Job, he answered Job in a whirlwind. Now, God doesn't usually speak in a whirlwind, but when God speaks to you in a whirlwind, you know there's trouble. He spoke to Job in a whirlwind. He says, who is this that question my wisdom with such ignorant words? He says, brace yourself like a man. When God says to you, brace yourself like a man, I need you to answer this question. Begin to pee in your pants. Because you know there's trouble. <laughs> Just brace yourself like a man, because I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if you know so much, who determined the dimensions and, and stretched out the surveying lines? Says, What supports its foundations? Who laid its cornerstone? As the morning stars, the angels, when they rejoiced together and shouted for joy when they saw me do these things. Who kept the sea inside its boundaries as it burst forth from the womb? As I clothed it with clouds and wrapped it in thick darkness. For I locked it behind bar gates, limiting its shores. I say, thus far and no further will you come. So God is saying, picture for a moment. You're in a beach A beach that has large large waves God is saying I actually put the barrier For the sea So when the waves come It gets to that barrier You can't see the barrier But the the waters they know the barrier They will just go back and say, no, 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 we can't pass, we can't pass. Now, he says, oh, but, but pastor, how come, I mean, we have erosions. And it's, it's, the reason we have erosions is because it is man that has gone to claim. And has pushed back the water. So, once in the while, the water will say, I, I need to show you that I can come far. And overrides it. My point is this. God is awesome. Let's continue. He says, have you ever commanded the morning to appear? Have you caused the dawn to rise from the east? Have you made the daylight spread to the ends of the earth to bring an end to the night's wickedness? Have you, have you ever done it? As the light approaches the earth and takes shape like clay pressed beneath a sail. You know, folks think that scripture means that you have to pray that uh, the morning will shake away the wicked from the place. No, 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 no. That's not what he's saying. That's not what he's saying. Primarily, that's not what he's saying. He says the light that stops the wicked and stops the arm that raised in violence. Have you explored the springs from which the sea comes? Have you explored the depths? Do you know where the gates are located? Have you seen the gates of utter doom? Do you realize the extent of the earth? Tell me about it. If you know it, where does light come from? He says, where does darkness go? Can you take each to its home? He it says, do you know the deepest location of the home? He says, do you know how to get there? But of course, you know all this. For you were born before it was created. That's sarcasm right there. And you are so experienced. So God is saying to us through Job you are you know nothing. So what makes you think you are so important? Without me, you are nothing. And it's so interesting because, you know, when we see this, when I read kind of scriptures, and I say, "So, so why are you so interested in us? You don't need us for anything. Why are you so interested in us? You know the answer? Because I love you. That's why I'm interested in you. So, because you love me. So, why don't I just relax in your love? Why must I be arrogant and think I am better than who I am? Praise the name of the Lord. So, in working on miracles, they, they are, there's a God part and there's a man part and we are partners in this, but we should not never forget whose part is indispensable. First Corinthians 3.6 says we are laborers together with God. Laborers together with God. So, to labor with God You must know what to do to be on a project with God. If you're in a project with someone and the person is clueless, doesn't know what to do, isn't that a pain? You do your part and the person doesn't know what to do. It drags the whole system down. So if you are going to work miracles, you are going to cooperate with God. You must know your part and God will know, obviously knows and does his part. So... What are you saying, pastor? What I'm saying is simple. There is the acts of God, which is the miracles that we see. And there is the ways of God, which is how the miracles come to be. I must say the acts of God and the ways of God. Psalm 103 verse 7. It says, he made his ways known to Moses. He made his acts known to the children of Israel. So he showed Moses his ways, the workings of the miracles. He showed the miracles, the end result to the children of Israel. So what are the acts? The parting of the Red Sea is an act of of God. It's acts of miracles. So Moses knew how the Red Sea parted. The Israelites just saw the Red Sea part. Praise the name of the Lord. (laughs) Feeding of the people with quail. Water from the rock. Pillar of fire by night. Pillar of cloud by the day. Those are the acts of God. Those are miracles of God. And Moses knew the way, the workings of those miracles. And the people... They had no clue. They were just... In fact, when, they, when manna came, they were like, the reason they call it manna is, what is it? That's what manna, that's the meaning of manna. What is it? We don't even know. Let's just whack it. What is it? But in the New Testament, in the New Dispensation, God doesn't want us to be like that. The ways of God is not the exclusive preserve of the pastors and the evangelists and the prophets and the bishops. The ways of God is available to all the children of God. Praise the name of the Lord. So God wants you to know his ways. Everyone say, God wants me to know his ways. God really does. He really does. In, in chapter 33 of the Job 38 that we read, now God is saying, do you know the laws of the universe That is the ordinances of heaven. Another translation puts it. Can you use them to regulate the earth? In other words, if you knew the ordinances of heaven, you can regulate the earth. If you knew the laws of heaven, of the universe, how the ways of God, you can regulate the earth. You can influence your own life. I mean, this story may sound bizarre to some people, but I I know someone that if you borrow his car and you tell him, I'm going to VI, please only go to VI and come back. (laughs) This guy, if you want to take his car to Bagada, as you cross VI, the car is shut down. I know some of you don't believe it. It's okay. So this guy called him and says, Ah, what's happening to your car? Your car is not moving. He says, Where are you? Hey, we are just around VI. Where are you? know, hey, just like my Follow me, is not VI. <laughs> you can regulate the earth if you knew the ordinances of heaven. And you see, to know the ways of God is not just to know his formulas. It is to know his heart also. To know the ways of God is not just to know his formula, is to know his heart. You must know his heart also. In that Psalm 103 verse 7 that we read, he made his ways known to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel in the, in the NLT. He says, he revealed his character to Moses, but his deeds to the children of Israel. Moses knew his character. So Moses, the ways of God is, is both the formula, the ordinances of heaven, and the heart, the character of the Father. You must know both to understand the ways of God. If you know just the ordinances or just the formulas, you're going to get into trouble. Why? Because if you know just the formula, you will get the results. That's, that's the beauty of the formula. You don't even have to be saved to operate in those things. You will get the results, but you can lose your soul. It's possible to actually operate ordinances of heaven and go to hell. You know, that's why Jesus says that what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, if he knows how to deploy every, every principle of heaven and get the results and loses his soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? So you have to understand that you need to get the ordinances and the heart if you know the formula as it flows from the heart of the Father, you will never be, be stranded. You will never be stranded. If you know the formula as it flows from God's heart, you will never be stranded. It's like, it's like deriving the formula by first principle. You know first principle? Personally, I, I love deriving my formulas first principle. Like I've said before, I mean, I studied computer science, we did a lot of mathematics, there was a lot of formulas. But rather than cramming formulas, I just prefer to just derive them. When you derive formulas, you can never go wrong. When you cram a formula, you can go wrong. But when you derive them, you can never go wrong. You know the the almighty formula as we know it when we're doing (laughs) school science? What's the almighty formula? Minus B plus or minus square root of minus all over. Uh uh-uh. uh. Did you do a egg? Everybody here did I There's no way you do why without using a formula. Except to carry microchips. <laughs> or you had mercenaries. <laughs> which you know it, it's I mean, but, but, like I was saying, I didn't cram that formula. I, I love to derive it. So the exam, I just derive it, then I use it. And the same thing with thinking. If you think in first principles, you can crack problems easily. You can come up with innovative thinking. But most people think... They don't think in first principles, actually, human beings, we, we think in analogies. We, we look for symbols, for analogies, for, for that's why we, we learn a lot from mentors, you know. We use pre-existing thoughts, and you know, we kind of, but thinking from first principles takes you through a process that you can easily deconstruct things and reconstruct them. So, when you, when you apply the ordinances of heaven, as it flows from the heart of the Father, is like false principles. You can never go wrong. You can never be stranded. And that's, that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus always did. In fact, that's why Jesus always prevailed over the, the, the enemy. Remember when Jesus was tempted in, in, the, um, in the wilderness. And Satan said to him, If you are the Son of God... Every son knows the ordinance of his father, the way of his father. You know the ordinance of heaven. You have the formula. Turn these stones into bread. Turn these stones into bread. If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. But you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. So what was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying that even though there's a formula to turn stones into bread, it is not the heart of the Father for me to turn stones into bread. Do you get this? So the fact that something is workable doesn't mean it's expedient to do it. So the the devil said to Jesus, okay, fine, fine. You won't turn stone in bread. It is also written that if you jump, he will give his angels charge over you. And you will not dash your foot against it. And Jesus countered it again with the heart of the Father. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. Satan said to him, okay, fine. You've come to get the glory and the kingdoms of this earth through the first principle." But if you bow down to me, I'll just give you the formula. And you can have the kingdom. The route you want to take, derivation, ah, it's a long route, Jesus. Jesus said, no. For this purpose I have come. In other words, you will worship only God, and him alone will you serve. So Jesus overcame why? Because Jesus was not only interested in having a formula that works. Jesus wanted to please the Father, and that is how we should be. It's, it's not just about getting a formula that works. Hallelujah. It's about pleasing the Father. I've shared this story before. I mean, there was a time long ago, years ago, I mean, I, I was feeling heat on this hand, you know, in the, an area on the, on the hand. I mean, in, Very uncomfortable heat. And I, I, you know, stepped back. I asked the Holy Spirit, what is happening? Why am I? What is going on? Do I need to go to the hospital? And the Holy Spirit said to me, showed me a lady and said, she's projecting her spirit at you. You know, Christians sometimes perform witchcraft. When you use the word of God against the will of God to achieve a result, it's witchcraft. When you use spiritual influence to achieve a result against the will of God, it's witchcraft. So he said, this lady is projecting her spirit at you and she's not happy with you. And on, and on, and on, and on. So when the Holy Ghost told me that, you know what I said? I said, okay, that's not a problem. Fire for fire. I'm going to show her today. That's Kaki, no that. So I was going to engage and blow her away. But you know what the Lord said to me? Don't do it. So if you do it, you will crush her. You will crush my daughter. I said, How can you say she's your daughter? Is she not just performing witchcraft? So what do I do? Take her to lunch. Be nice to her. So I took her to go. I was nice to her. She was happy. We talked about it. I became a very good friend. Guess what? The heat left. What am I saying? You can actually use the arsenal in your spiritual armory to perform witchcraft and he has nothing to do with God. So, Some Christians are praying for other Christians to fall down and die. Do you think their father will be happy? Is that proceeding from the heart of the father? Of course not. So if you are just about the formula, you can have, you, you may get the result. These things work. Oh? Don't, don't get me wrong, oh? I'm not saying they don't work. They walk. But that's why people go to hell. Even though they are tongue-talking. You must connect to the heart of the Father. Everyone say the heart of the Father. So, a harvest is a miracle. And to produce an abundant harvest... We must know God's way, His formula and His heart. Not just the formula, and His heart. To abundant harvest. So, what abundant harvest do you want? Is it on your job? Is it with souls? You want souls to be saved? Is it spiritual growth? Is it in your finances? Is it in in marital harmony? Is it in your career? If you find a way, you will have it. All you need is find a way. And you make the miracle happened. So what is the way to abundant harvest? It's, 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 it practically litters the old Bible from Genesis even to the New Testament. The way to abundant harvest. But we're going to use the example that the one that Paul gave us in 1 Corinthians. Paul was actually solving an issue of carnality in the Corinthian church but he, he, he revealed even in solving that issue he revealed this way to abundant harvest. First Corinthians 3 from verse 6. He says, I have planted Apollos as waters, but God gives the increase. Wow. The voice translation says, My job was to plant the seed. Apollos was to Was called to what? Water it. Any growth, harvest that you see come from who? From God. The NLT says, I planted the seed where? In your hearts. Apollos watered it, but it was God that made it grow. It was God that brought the harvest. So you see straight away three components of. An abundant harvest right here. The first is the seed. I planted the seed. The first is the seed. There can be no harvest without a seed. You can knock your head against the wall from now until tomorrow. There can be no harvest without a seed. Number two is the soil. I planted the seed in your heart. Every seed must have a good soil. And number three, it's, it's a right condition Apollos watered. The right condition. Apollos watered. So the the formula, if you will, is this. The right seed plus the right soil plus the right conditions equals abundant harvest. The right seed was the right soil, Was the right conditions, equals abundant harvest. So, in whatever area you want an abundant harvest, in spiritual growth, in your finances, marital harmony, in your career, in souls, we are doing the pie challenge, in the supernatural, it's the same thing. It is the same thing. The right seed in the right soil, in the right environment, will produce the right harvest. Again, we cannot do God's part. And God will not do our part. We cannot do his part. And he cannot do our part. So when you look at that equation again, so where is our part? Our part is clear in this. Where is our part? The right seed, the right soil, the right conditions. Where is God's part? That's God's part. Abundant harvest. So our part is on the left side of the equation, God's part is on the right side of the equation. So you're like, oh, so, but, Pastor, I mean, must it be abundant harvest all the time? Not necessarily. Guess what? It can be a devoid harvest. Some harvest actually come, but they are devoid. It can be an infected harvest. It can be a stolen harvest. It can be a little harvest. And it can be no harvest. You will not have a devoid harvest. You will not have an infected harvest. You will not have a stolen harvest. You will not have little harvest. You will not have no harvest. You will have abundant harvest. In the name of Jesus. So, so, how do we trust this formula? This formula that will come up again on the screen. You see? A miracle just happened. How do we trust this formula? Right seed, right soil, right conditions. How do we trust that we will always produce an abundant harvest? Guess what? Because the person that put up this ordinance is... Your father is, is God. Your father, you should trust him. And God knows that many of us will we we, we may we may struggle with that. So maybe he, 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 another way to be sure, if you really want to be sure that God is going to preserve this formula, is what God has put in His Word It's called the tithe. I was say the tithe. God says if you pay your tithe. I will rebuke the devourers for your sakes. I will open the windows of heaven. And that. your fruit, your tree, will not cast their fruit before time. Amazing. So look at the formula. You see that the tithe is not the seed. The seed is in the formula, but the tithe ensures the formula... The formula works. Now, before you start thinking, if you are new in God's favorite house, before you start thinking, oh, okay, maybe this pastor just wants our money, you know, that's what they do. If you come to God's favorite house, if you've been God's favorite house for a while, you will know that's not what we are about, right? Don't you? You know that's not what we are about. In fact, I've heard a lot of people say to me, how come you don't preach about money like other places, you know? I mean, I've always there, always But you, you don't. How come? You know, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's bad to put up money. Don't get me wrong. But the gospel is beyond just money. Do you understand? When we were paying for this place, for instance, <laughs> at the time it was about two million dollars. This land we are sitting on, we had paid the first million. And I now announced in church that, oh, we need to pay second million. And a lady walked up to me and said to me, I've been coming to church for the past six months. I've never heard you talk about any land, talk less of you are raising money. How did you get this one million that you, you have? Are you trying to deprive us? You don't want us to be blessed? That was her argument. And I said to her, now you have heard the second million now. Write the check. Don't be angry. You have the opportunity now to make this happen. What's my point? The point is clear. I'm teaching you a principle. It is a principle, listen, that I've worked in my life. <laughs> it's fallible. You know, I said that it's God that brings the increase, so don't get what I'm about to say next wrong. I can almost work it at will. At will. When you don't know the ways of God, you will think it's by chance. When you know the ways of God, you can reproduce it. When you don't know the ways of God, you know when God does something for you. I mean, we used to pastor somewhere else before and God gave us a land and everything and everything. And and we had to leave the place. If you didn't know the ways of God, you can't reproduce it too. But if you, knew the, if you know the ways of God and they take your business from you, you won't, you won't cry. You can be pained, but you will go ahead and create another one. You will create another one because the first one was not a fluke. The first one was not by chance. The first one was not an accident. The first one was you walking God's principles. You need to understand that. So what what I'm sharing with you is a principle. And you can apply this principle anywhere. Anywhere. Anywhere, you can, this same principle, the right seed, the right soil, the right condition, producing the, the abundant harvest, apply it into the miraculous, into the working of miracles. You can. And that's what we do. Look at Eli- Elisha. Elisha was, was, had the right seed, the right word in his heart. He had the right soil, but he didn't have the right condition he couldn't prophesy, miracles could not happen. He says, "Get me a minstrel. I need to. This these conditions are not right." And he got him a minstrel, and the minstrel was praying. And as the minstrel was praying, as the minstrel was praying, Elisha said, "Thus says the Lord: You will not see the wind or the rain, but this place will be filled with water." What was Elisha doing? The right seed, the right soil, the right condition produce what? Boom! Right harvest. Is the same thing we do here at the God will services we, fasting starts tomorrow. Fasting starts tomorrow. So so we we are we have the right seed, the incorruptible word of God. We are we are preparing the soil, the hearts by fasting. We are praying the, the conditions by fasting and praying and worshipping. So at the god service, worship is in the atmosphere. The atmosphere is tense with God's power. <laughs> boom! Miracles happen. <laughs> wombs are opened. Organs are replaced. Eyes are opened. Healings occur. Doors open. Boom, 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 everywhere. Now, it's a, it is not it is by fluke. That's why God-regnant service, after god service, after God-regnant service, God has not failed once. Why? Because the right seed was the right soil was the right we always produce when God is in it. You can apply it even in your marriage. You can. You can. You want, you want to, to have a harmonious relationship with your wife? You just need the right seed plus the right soil plus the right produces the right harvest right seed you make a reservation in the restaurant you take your wife out buy a little gift the right seed the right soil you are preparing her heart you are telling her beautiful things oh this dress looks so beautiful on you you look so nice. Look at you. are just so, so gorgeous. You know, yeah. right, soil. He said, "Oh, baby, if not, I'm in a public place. I feel like some assaulting right now. Right now, right, soil. Then when you're back from the dinner, you know you in, in your room, you 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 put your iPad, iPod iPod um, on the on the docking station and um, and you you play very low music. My love, there's only you in my life. The only thing that's right. Why first love bread that I take You're everything And I, I'll be a fool For you i sure You know I don't mind. Oh, you know I don't mind. <laughs> you mean the world to me. Guess what? Right atmosphere. Boom! Miracle upon us. <laughs> it is the same audience. Okay, okay. Don't go there and play today. Ah, my... Oh, no, 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 that's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. <laughs> you are going to spoil the show. <laughs> you are going to spoil the show. <laughs> now, I have nothing wrong with today. I know you know I love today. You know? I have nothing wrong with today. But that is not the right condition. Then you get abundant It's the same principle It's the same Is the same ordinance the right seed in the right soil in the right atmosphere condition produces what? Now Honestly, if you do this, and and, and of course, the wife too, if you do this, your marriages will be so strong, unbelievably. The harvest will be so beautiful. Again, to know the ways of God is to know His formula, and that is His ordinances and His heart. The ordinance of heaven. And his heart. And verse 7 of 1 Corinthians 3 says, it is not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What is important is that what? God makes the seed grow. What is important is that God Makes the seed grow. And guess what? This God loves you, He wants you to have abundant harvest. But He wants you to never forget, never forget that He's the one that brings the harvest. So, so another translation, the voice translation in verse 7 says, says that so the one, the ones who plants and waters have nothing to brag about. You fast, you pray. Big deal. I have nothing to brag about. It is God who causes the growth. It is only God, only one who matters. We are going to fast, we are going to pray, but you see, we can't brag about that. Why? Because there are people that are fasting and praying better than us. But God has chosen to make this place his favorite house. It is God. It is God. Alone that matters. So I want to close with the story of a father and a son. The father says to the son, If you do well in this subject, I'm going to buy you fries, chips, in our climb. And the boy tried. It, it did well. So the father took the boy to the um, fast food place and ordered the fries and ketchup. And the boy was expecting the small size because that's, that's the size the father usually buys for him. But the father this time bought him the medium-sized fries. So the boy sat across the table with, of, to his father and was eating his fries and he was relishing the ketchup and you know, and the father wanting to, you know, have some fellowship with your son, so the father stretched forth his hand to just take one of, of the fries, and the boy, that that those are my fries. And then the father says, said, "No, these, these are my fries. I'm not I'm not sharing it." And the father is like, "I bought these fries. How much are the fries anyway?" maybe 500 naira. The man maybe has 10 million naira in his account. He says, I can baptize this boy with fries. While he was still thinking, the boy's sister came in from the car to join them. She wasn't expecting anything because, I mean, she didn't pass her exams like the boy did. So she just sat down and the, the father says to the to the waiter, please give her two extra large fries. And the boy says, "Ah, but that's not fair. I'm the one that that is. And the man says, I can do anything I want with my, money. I am the source of fries. In fact, bring five more extra large. The point is this. God is the source of all things. He's the source of our lives. Why will we withhold anything from him? Why? It doesn't make sense. He can't give you much more. If I can baptize you in it. Let's bow down our hearts. As we bow our heads. I want us to say to God. You are the source of miracles. I cooperate with you. I align with you. be here and you, God is not the source of your life. Maybe you, you've smacked his hands like, like the young boy did to his father. You know, you've, you've, you've put boundaries to God for this is how far you can come in my life. But God wants to do much more than you can ever think or imagine. You're saying pastor, I'm sorry. Can you pray with me? I want to open my life to God. I want God to have free access. I want God to do, have his will. Or oh, you're saying, I used to be born again. God used to be in full, in full control of my life, but not anymore. Can I come back? Yes, you can. Pastor, can you pray with me? Yes, I want to. Should I come forward? No, you don't have to. Where you are sitting, wherever you are sitting, you're saying, Pastor, that is me. Pray with me. Put up your hand now, over your head, and I'll pray with you. You Put up your hand, put up your hand. Well. Well, well. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. Thank you for that boldness. Wells, that is me. God bless you. Keep the hands up. God bless you. God bless you over there. God bless my sister. Thank you for that boldness. God bless you over there. Keep the hands up. God bless you at that corner. God bless you right in front here. God bless you. God bless you, my sister over here. God bless you right in the corner. God bless you. That is me. That is me. God bless you right there, ma. God bless you. If you have the hand, if you have the card, they're going to slip a card in your hand. Your hands are up. If you have the card, you can put out your hand. Oh, God bless you, sir. Over there. God bless you. That is me. Put up the hand. I want to pray with you. I just want to pray with you right now. the rest of us let us just talk to God. God I'm agreeing with you I'm your co-laborer, oh God of heaven I'm your co-laborer oh God of heaven Father we pray for everyone that is surrendering to you today. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you make yourself real in these lives in the mighty name of Jesus Change this lives, Lord. Draw them closer to yourself. And let your name and your name alone be glorified. Father, we pray for everyone in this place, Lord. Every one of us, that you walk your miracles through us in the mighty name of Jesus. That we will be co with you. And your name will be glorified. Honor and glory will be given to you. Jesus Mighty name. We are afraid. Amen.